Quiet on the set. Action. Welcome to the Movie Machine Podcast, where we make a movie based on a random prompt from the internet. I'm joined by three elite members of the Hollywood yeah, scene. One legend, arguably God, and two pretty cool people. Right. So, our writer today is Jacob Galver, who was the fall guy for Valerian. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, like, and I don't even understand why, like... That art direction. There was cool stuff in that. Oh, movie. I don't mean fall guy for the critics, just for the millions of millions of dollars they wanted. Oh, well... That's fine. Uh, you can subtract however many dollars you want from zero, and uh, it's going to be still the same amount of money. Our director, Kyle Decker, who directed all the PSAs for Spider-Man Homecoming. Working with Chris Evans, a terrible costume of his, was a dream come true. And our producer, who is the legend himself, and just amazing. I'm so proud he's here. Couldn't believe I can't believe we got him on the show. Right. Yeah. Harpo Marks, brought back by our local necromancers working for Hot Chocolate Media. A welcome, Harpo. Thank you so much for coming to our podcast. <laughs> and you said hiring necromancers was a waste of budget. <laughs> so he's going to be our producer. And, and so for you, Harpo, I've gotten a very good random prompt. So the theme of the story... Epic romance. The main character is a burnt-out fortune teller. The start of the story, premonition. Wow, that is very fitting. Yeah. The end of the story is treason. Wow. Okay. So I think we start with our burnt-out fortune teller. I'm going to call her Sarah. I'm going to name her right after one of the the Night Sisters of Gwynharith that we worked with to bring the wonderful Mr. Harpo here with us. So Sarah is somebody who's... She's gone to, like, all the different, like, you know, renaissance festivals and fairs, and, you know, she has, like, a little side business telling fortunes. She mostly does, like, the like the rolled bones, traditional, like, very, very old world style fortune telling, and it's just become so, like, underappreciated and, like, gimmicky, and everybody else is, like, you know, oh, I bought I bought a tarot deck from Barnes & Noble, and now, now I'm a fortune teller, and it's like she really wants to preserve this this ancient tradition, but it's something that's just kind of been sort of crushed down and commercialized by society or just completely laughed away. So she's just totally like lost, and, you know, stuck with this. But she's got she has this like dream, which is like not her area of fortune telling at all. Normally, she, you know, kind of reads what's there and interprets, but she's given this dream of this like coming doom and it's it's nameless it's faceless it's something that she can't quantify but she knows that the the world is going to end something horrible is going to happen and the main crux of the story is her trying to figure out what what this coming doom is and as the story progresses we're going to get little elements of that we're going to see cracks in society like crumbling and you know, normal, like, staples of, you know, our, our worlds are suddenly, like, failing or falling apart, and the structure of society is, is, is being crushed down. 
the thing that I want to really kind of get across is that there is, in this movie, there is a sense of destiny, but we want that destiny to, while it's it's going to be inevitable in some ways, and there's some things that will always come to pass based on what you've been given, there are some things that you can also always change. So I want her interactions to be kind of about, like, trying to make the best and, like, I don't know if we can stop this or not, but ultimately her actions in lots and lots of small ways will add up to become enough to um, stop this evil. But as we reach the end, she's going to be betrayed and there's going to be this kind of, you know, third act conflict between her and some of the people she's gathered. Okay. I don't have all the details for that yet, but, you know, I have been working on this and I think we need something that's like a really like good epic title. Which I definitely don't have prepared. Um, oh, okay, good, good idea, Harpo. Oh, thanks. Yeah, let's go with that one. Okay, yeah, thanks, man. All right, we're going on to our director, Kyle, under the title that Harpo so generously provided. That's an amazing title. So our characters are the the fortune teller. Were there any other characters? Let's just kind of have one person carry the show. I was. I mean, I kind of wanted to just be about the about Sarah, but okay. we can yeah, have. No, we want to have her interact with lots of people, but it's all in very small ways. So it's sure. mostly like Sarah plus a large number yeah. of cameos. Sure. So we need someone with their gravitas to carry a film by themselves. So I'm going to cast the great. Meryl Streep. This is the kind of vessel for an actor of her caliber. She will choose scenery, but modestly in the right amount. She'll choose when to do it at the right moments, give those great like Oscar bait highlight reels, but also bring real humanity and, and passion to the performance. And I think she's of the age now. She's still a beautiful woman, but she, she can definitely convey like this wise and fortune teller. Who's seen some things? Because she's seen some things. She's she's a experienced lady who really knows her stuff. So we're gonna have her play the main lead. And as far as cameos, I I, I think we'll just we'll we'll get some of the greats of Hollywood who are still alive. You know, we'll have Jack Nicholson do a cameo. What's that, Harpo? No, uh, Catherine Hepburn instead. Okay, yeah, I, I get. Yeah, we still have the necromancers. Okay. Uh, Catherine Hepper, Spencer Tracy, too. Okay, okay. Anyone else you like? Ingrid Bergman, really? No, no, you're right. You're right. You're the producer. Anyway, so yeah, those are some of the cameos we'll have the Necromancers kind of pull out. So are they going to appear as, like, zombies, or...? No, I mean, they'll be... I mean, they'll be as real in the flesh as... as, as, And I have an idea for this. Harpo, you've inspired me. Uh, We're going to film this thing in black and white. And so, you know, we don't, it'll maybe be a lot easier for the makeup artists if, if, if any of these people we bring back, they can just do kind of a, a, a very chromatic makeup scene to make them pass as human. Um, hey, guess what? One of your old buddies, Jerry Lewis is, <laughs> no, okay, no, no Jerry Lewis. Okay. Yeah, he's kind of old. Yeah, I, yeah. Okay, Harpo, I, I gotcha. So yeah, let's just, you know, let's film it in black and white. Let's set most of it in Sarah's place where she does her like let's do like an old apartment like an old rustic brownstone in new york somewhere one of the boroughs in new york and have it just set have the city be another character those will i can watch shots they'll be kind of like a mystic noir all right well thank you and now we're going to go to our producer mr marks (laughs) great point okay yeah I, i see what you mean right I don't... Do you think that's enough budget? Okay, okay. I'll make it work. I'll make it work. 
I don't um, think circuses are kind of like a thing anymore. I don't think most people do that. Yeah. But like, I mean, if you want us to incorporate that, we can, I guess. Where we, I guess, we can change the setting from somewhere other than New York if you want a circus. We can do it rural somewhere. We, we she can be in a farmhouse. You like that? Okay. Okay. Sure. All right. I yeah. mean, you do have two more minutes. Are you sure? <laughs> the man knows what he wants. All right. So, Jacob, you got some pretty heavy notes from your producer. Um, how are you going to incorporate those? Yeah, I mean, I think I think this thing is really good. Like, we have all of these, you know, actors of years past who are coming back. And, you know, the kind of, like, these ethereal performances are really lending something to it. And I think I kind of want to use that to change my original idea for the story. So instead, like, instead of all these people, like, helping her... In some way, all these people are, are opposing her in some way. And each little, like, tiny victory over these people is going to contribute to this prevention of this doom. So I like the idea that all of these, you know, undead celebrities are this, like, council which is calling down this doom upon the, the world. And she's been, you know, given this divine right to take charge and and command the situation. So, in a way, she kind of represents all of us, but it's also very fitting that she's alone in this endeavor because there are some things that you can really only face yourself and some things that, you know, are a very personal journey. I, I you know, I agree with what, what Harpo said, but, you know, Kyle, I feel like Meryl's a little old for this one. I don't know if we're going to bring in that many young folks and old folks don't tend to go for, like, supernatural horror stuff as much. I, Meryl's amazing, don't get me wrong. Like... You know, I'd, I'd love to have her in a film, but I don't know if this is the, the right place for her. But then again, it's not really my call. I like the idea for black and white, but I think we should have, like, small splashes of fairly desaturated color as well, just to kind of highlight certain things. That's, that's appealing to me. Maybe that, you know, can help us tell the story of, like, what's become important or what is, you know, losing its importance. I want the... The ultimate doom at the end, you know, I had her before where she, like, she's betrayed by one of the people that she goes with. I think it's the, she comes to the realization that, like, these people she's been trying to work with to, you know, prevent this doom, she's already defeated them and she has the ability to command them. So it's not a betrayal of her trust, it's the council betraying the trust of each other and turning to her side. So she unites these forces that were calling down this evil to then repel it with her. So that's kind of what I'm thinking for, for that sort of idea. Now, for the title, I, I do feel like I might have to change it. But it was so... Okay. I'm, I'm sorry, Harpo. It's, it's good. Oh, geez, I didn't expect Harpo to drop the first F-bomb. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, man. You know what? I'll just forget it. It's it's okay. I, you know, I, I really... I'll just know, leave I, it. I, I'd like to have the opportunity to work with you, and, you know, it's if it's really just not worth it. So don't, don't stress about it. It's cool. Okay. So, Kyle, you now have a new draft of this film? Yeah. So, yeah, I like kind of maybe adding some... We'll do some cell painting, like just little things here and there. Film black and white with some cell painting. I'm going to change from New York to, since we want a circus, well, let's set it to, to, to rural Iowa. There's like a traveling circus and our main characters, you know, and, and maybe, ooh, all of, all of the people that come in to get her help and everything are members of the circus. 
and she's providing them mystical advice and everything. So, you know. Are they still opposing her? Yeah, to a point, because they have their own shtick going on and everything, so they're they're all coming to her in different ways. Like, the, the bearded lady is coming and trying to get her to stop, you know, like, hey, we got our own thing going on, you're hurting us, and everything. Boy, I really like Meryl Streep, though. Would have been a movie machine first, I think, potentially put her on the show. Too old, really? Can, well, it's, it's uh, not my call. What do you think, Harpo? Uh-huh. Jennifer Lawrence? Uh uh, Jennifer Hudson. Okay, yeah, sorry. With the inflection there, I just missed. Yeah, gotcha. Jennifer Hudson will be the lead. I'm down with that. That's good. She's got chops. I think she's won an Oscar. So, you know, we still got period piece, black and white, great cast, legendary producer at the helm. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Cell shading. We'll film it. I'm, I'm going to make this a period piece now, since it's set in Iowa with a circus and everything. There'll be a bit, I mean, Barnum, Barnum's and Bailey's gone now. Oh, yeah. Oh, we forgot to tell him. Yeah, Harpo, sorry. Barnum Bailey's is no longer a thing. Yeah, welcome to the future. Kind of sucks. Yeah. Sorry, bud. Hey, you know, you, you still have the memories of when it was in its heyday. So, yeah. We'll work with the Barnum and Bailey's Museum. We'll make this a history kind of. They're already doing that one movie with uh, Hugh Jackman playing P.T. Barnum and everything. So we'll kind of like we'll work with the museum and everything, but it won't be directly about this. It'll be about how the circus affected this one town and this one person specifically, and then they come together at the end and everything. So yeah, I I, I dig it. We'll set it in the 1920s, 50s, 30s, whenever P.T. Barnum. The heyday will make the black and white seem more like apt. It'll look like a stylistic choice instead of covering for zombies. All right. So and now, Harpo, you have the, this is the last chance you have to make any changes before we put it into the machine. So, what are you going to do? Wow, nothing really. You like it that much, huh? All right. Cool. Cool. Oh, man, I wish all producers were like this. All right. Well, I am going to put um, this movie into the movie machine. And okay, so interesting results. Okay, so when this film comes out, it doesn't get a ton of attention. You know, it's kind of it's kind of sort of a niche market. You know, the genre black and white also doesn't attract huge audiences until people realize that the producer credit for Harpo Marx isn't just somebody taking that name, but was actually the actual Harpo Marx. And so this gets a lot of media attention for being the first film to be produced by a dead person. And people just now just go to see this movie just to see it, you know, um, just because of all the news surrounding it. And it's like, th- this is what someone who's, who's died and come back, this is what they think of life. And, you know, we, you get a lot of paranormal experts at seeing it and, you know, watching it and thinking maybe there's hidden clues. Like if you play it backwards, it's, it says like messages from hell or something. And it, it, there's not, but the point is that you know the supernatural element is a huge draw for people, and you know people people like Harpo Marx. So you actually get close to you basically get to Marvel movie level of ticket box office return. Yeah, you get near a billion. We didn't spend any amount of that money, Harpo. Yeah. Man, genius from beyond the grave. Right. Holy um, crap. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only downside is that just the politics surrounding this movie is kind of overshadowing the movie's content. But, you know, I mean, people think it's funny. People kind of like it. It's, it's pretty cool. But um, you still do have some time to make any changes, if you'd like. So we're going to start with our writer. Boy, you know, um, I'm sure glad I didn't change that title. I, you know, I see the, the error of my ways now, that I can build an entire moat out of money. 
and the people who come and steal from it just doesn't even don't even give a fuck. No, I mean this, this has been a really rewarding experience, and you know Jennifer Hudson was was so good. She just like you know stole everybody's hearts on screen, and whether they you know came in because they heard about Harpo or not, like I think that's that's going to be a, a lasting performance that people are going to remember. And um, yeah, I'm I'm really happy with it. So there's there's not really a whole lot that I would change. I think maybe I would you know add in a little bit more of like society at the beginning and like just add a little bit more element of like here's where you know this character differs from the rest of society and how their their journey is going to begin so you know maybe bring in some more elements of consumerism and whatnot and the whole like commercialism aspect is you know instead of that we're going to do like gimmicky stuff since we turn it into a period piece there ain't no barnes and noble selling tarot cards or we'll do it like you know gimmicky fake spiritualists and shit like that and she's trying to preserve this tradition in in that face so that's that's really all i would change you know just kind of adjust the setting and and work with that a little bit so but yeah i'm happy this is cool all right kyle i'm thrilled i'm thrilled we're making this kind of money on a period piece drama i think we're gonna see a lot of and with a female lead at that how amazing is that female lead of color like this might shake up hollywood harpo like you pushed all the right buttons yeah yeah and that one yeah that one too that was another brilliant move yeah i specifically the button about being dead yeah i mean i mean wow i'm already getting more or i basically can do whatever project i want for at least I, I, I'm literally, because I'm a white male in Hollywood, I can make three to four bombs before they stop get, letting me do whatever I wanted. If I was a female director, I'd only get, like, one bomb before I stop getting work. But I can make, like, three to four bombs. Like, this movie has just basically painted my way to white male mediocrity in Hollywood. And Man, you gotta love that. I can go to the Akiva Goldsmith, or Goldsman, whatever his name's, Hall of Fame there. Yeah, thank you for letting me work on this project, and thanks for... Boy, Harpo, man. Who, who knew? From beyond the grave, even. Genius. Genius. All right. And Harpo, any things you want to do? Are, are you sure about that? I mean, the movie did make money. Yeah, don't don't change anything. It's great. You're, like, literally, if your legacy wasn't great already, it's greater now. Like, you, you went from demigod to full-on god. You're, like, in the pantheon of something now. <laughs> Oh, it's sincere. I'm not sucking up to you. I promise. You are the best. You're the best, Harpo. You're the best. All right. You know, Harpo, you do have to return, but, you know, if we can... The Necromancer did say if we made enough sacrifices, we could keep him around for another day. What do you guys think? Sure. I have some cousins I don't care much for. All right. I think I have a few points for myself I can donate to. So uh, we're going to do that. Uh, Harpo, do you want to read the quote from our patron saint, Guy Fieri? It's kind of unorthodox. Usually it's the moderator. Good point. I mean, I guess he can. Uh, I I just thought he could do it funnier, but I'll I'll, I'll give it a shot. My toes are tingling. I got like, wow. (laughs) Bye, everyone.